Welcome back to Let's Talk Comics. I'm Nick Gunfire. I'm Josh Nemesis. And we are Omega Level. Omega Level. Omega Level. Omega Level. Omega Level. This week on Let's Talk Comics, we're going to talk about the newest issue, issue six of Heroes in Crisis. We only have three more left after this. Well, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, three more left. Uh, counting's hard, people. Counting is hard. Only three more left till this wraps up. And we are going to be discussing Captain Marvel. We. Oh, man. Wowzers. Uh, sorry, Marvel. 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 Right. I know. Oh, Marvel. I know Fury likes to say that Marvel <laughs> sounds better, but it's Marvel. Like the okay. Marvelettes. Marvelettes. Like Marvelettes. Yeah. So before we get into any of this, so before we get into any of this, I just want to reiterate that this is massive spoilers. We're going to talk about the movie in full, and we're not going to censor anything about any kind of spoilers, as we do on every episode. And it says in every description of every episode that we spoilers for all topics. So. Just want to reiterate that before we get into this again. So Captain Marvel Kid just came out this weekend, starring Brie Larson as Woo. the titular hero, Captain mm. Marvel, as old Carol Danvers, binary warbird, Miss Marvel. Bears, but all whatever. Vers. Yeah. Vers. Vers, all <laughs> of them. Samuel Jackson's in it as a younger Nick Fury. Which, Looking good. Man, that technology is fire, dude. The aging is, is good. so good. Him and Colston look good. Dude, yeah, Colston looks great, too. And then it's also got Jude Law in it as Jan Rog, which is like there's a bit of mystery of who he's really going to be yeah, playing this yeah. whole time. And then we find out that Annette Benning actually plays Marvel, which is really awesome. She pulls double duty in this, playing the Kree intelligence and Marvel. And uh, spoiler, she's dead. Deals with the Kree and the Scroll War, which is awesome that we finally get the scrolls mm -hmm. in the MCU. We finally get to see them on screen. And my God, dude, Ben Mendelsohn. Absolutely Woo! fantastic as Talos. Oh my gosh. One of the best villains mm -hmm. in all of the MCU so far, I think. He's up there? Performance wise, I mean. Performance wise. If he's a villain. Right. It's like a villain, makes you right? think he's mm -hmm. a villain for majority of this movie, but then you get a little bit of a sympathy factor. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You find out that that's not why you like, you, you only heard one side of the story. Yep. Captain Marvel. You've only heard one side. And she only has the memories of the six years that she was found by Jan Rugg. Exactly. So she only knows, Skrull's the enemy, Kree are the right people, we have to kill them at mm -hmm. all costs before they kill all the rest of the universe. So it's a bit of a little twist they put on the Skrull mythology in the MCU from the comics, is that in this, it appears as the Skrulls are not bad. But we only see Talos and his crew. They're not necessarily bad guys, but I, I would definitely not call them good guys. He's doing anything he can at his cost to get back to his family, no matter what it is. Yep. You know what I mean? So, like, he knows that he's doing bad things and things that aren't right, and he's, like, hurting people and things like that. But to him, ultimately, the goal is to get to his family and then find a new home world. And that's the question, too, is if you're going to judge one group of people as the whole entire race, exactly. you know, that you don't do that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? There are bad people in all types of races, and all types of species. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah, always. I, I think the reverse of... Sort of the reverse of that sentiment is how we're going to have to look at the scrolls in the MCU. You can't judge them all because Talos was kind of good. Mm -hmm. I still think, for the most part, they're going to be bad. Probably. That's generally what they're on the comics. There's just instances of good scrolls, and there's instances, instances of good Kree as well, like Marvel, the, like the original Captain Marvel, even though he never had the Captain Marvel name. He was just called Marvel. When they were doing the memories, when they actually captain, uh, caught Captain Marvel, mm -hmm. that scene was different. The first time you scroll. get to see it, mm -hmm. she's standing. And a scroll walks up to her, not Rian Rog. Not, so her yeah. memory's been messed with by the Kree. At first, I thought that was a little jarring. I was like, what are they doing? This is a weird flashback sequence. But then, then the reveal realize, was like, oh, oh, okay, they're going through mm -hmm. all these memories, which ended up being a pretty smart way to approach. Exactly. Here's what she went through, you know, the struggles of growing up. Going from 70s to 80s, you know, mostly I seen that was about around the 80s when she was trying to be a pilot Late and stuff 70, like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely in the 80s. When she not even allowed, women aren't allowed to fly planes and stuff like that. So she's got that adversity. No, not, they can't fly they can't combat. Fly, combat. They can fly, fly combat. but not combat. Okay. So combat. essentially, like, why are they in the Air Force? You can't be combat. 
Well, that's what her and Maria were excited to go with Marvel because exactly. that was their chance to. Mm-hmm. Or what they call Dawson. Dawson, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendy, I think. Wendy Dawson, yeah. Fly her experimental so aircraft. That's like the best thing. they, Or that's yeah. what made them feel useful. It's like, this is the only time we're useful. And that's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. 2019, sucks. guys. It's I don't sucks. care if that's set in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> we can attribute the downfall of Blockbuster to Captain Marvel. Yeah, pretty much. That Just was destro- destroys Blockbuster. Crushes him. <laughs> and Radio Shack, honestly, and Ra- too. <laughs> she robbed them. She's like, well, how? <laughs> Radio Shack's like, what are we going to do with all of our supplies gone? Do you notice when she goes to that Radio Shack and they show afterwards when she's like manipulating the, uh, the payphone to use it? She's got a Game Boy on top of it. She like took apart a Game Boy to use the computer. Oh, I did not catch the Game Boy. <laughs> it's a freaking Game Boy. Wow. I was like, that's awesome. I'm glad they did the whole like long distance call fee, too. <laughs> <That was pretty laughs> like, what is what is? Cut her and Yon Rog off mid conversation. <laughs> it's like, oh, good old payphone. Why he's so concerned with her. It's not her well being, it's the fact that. She's the the light She's speed the engine. She's yeah. the motor. She's you the know? weapon. Yeah. He knows that they will be able to eradicate the scrolls with the help of Captain Marvel because she's so overpowered. Mm-hmm. Like they nerf her power in this movie by giving her that little chip in her neck, which she thinks is helping regulate and helping her control. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just subduing her freaking power. When they messed with your minds, also the supreme intelligent did that to her. Exactly. They also messed yeah. with her minds. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So when she's seeing all these other flashbacks in the uh and Telos' ship, when they're going through it, she's like, why are these in my head? And he's like, I don't know, you, they're your memories. <laughs> they were already there. there. They weren't. We're just sifting through what's already there. And then he made a slight comment about how it's like, oh, they already got to you. Mm-hmm. Like, both sides were saying that. Oh, exactly. they got to her. Oh, they got to her. It's like, I like that they have that little dichotomy in there because it shows how both sides, like, fully believe the other one is just evil. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's how it is in the comics. They both hate the other side, and they think the other side is, like, the most evil thing ever. And there's just no give on either side. I think the best part of the movie is when she fully unlocks her power and just goes <laughs> ham on everything. I mean, broke out of the supreme intelligence, blasted <laughs> yeah. everybody in the vicinity. Like, oh. looked like she was destroying like the construct of the supreme intelligence too, because yep, it started like inside. shattering and like like light beams look like we're shooting through it and stuff. And, like, and she Uh-oh. just stood there and was taking the blast, kind of like with a little smirk in her face. Mm-hmm. Man, I love that like how they captured Carol Danvers as a character in this movie. The way that it was, uh, Carol was written in the movie, and the way that Brie portrays her, and the way like the directors helped her do that is exactly how Carol Danvers is in the comics. She's just headstrong. She's kind of cocky. Mm -hmm. She's very overconfident. She runs right into battle, right into situations, just immediately thinking, I got this. I can handle this. And then oftentimes gets herself into a bad situation and has to get out of it. Like She was kidnapped twice in this movie. (laughs) When she's trying to escape the... the, Well, held prisoner the second time. Yeah, held prisoner. When she's trying to escape the scroll ship and she finally blows the little things off her hands, she goes, yes, finally. She doesn't realize that she just destroyed the spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the scroller backing up like oh snap grabbing things she yeah. turns around she's like, like wait what oh <laughs> almost gets sucked out into space mm-hmm. almost had a little alien moment there but yeah I like how they institute that and they also show like her wit because like comic book characters almost every comic book hero is kind of witty and like they're, they're always kind of funny so she has that to her too she is like that literally in the heat of battle and I know like when you read comics you read the panels and they're fighting and they're having dialogue bubbles but in the movies they don't often talk while they're fighting or show funny emotion like that other than Spider-Man and Captain Marvel actually does like when she's fighting the the scrolls. One of them yells at her, and she's like, Bleh, right back to him and <laughs> fights them. Had me like, laughing so. Hundred percent Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, that's how she is. In that scene, I thought that was one of the actually the coolest. Uh, not kills because there's not really a lot of death in this movie, no, which is good. Not. You know, it's a Marvel movie. They they try their best not to disintegrate people. Death, you yeah. know, yeah, blatant death. <laughs> but he does. She does a kick. She's kicking all these people's butts. Uh, and she kicks one of the spears out, and it hits dude. the dude when it hits him in the chest when he drops down. Mm-hmm. Man, that was such a cool almost sequence. like pogo stick. Yep. <laughs> yep. that was raw, dude. Like kind of bent his arm, made him fall on it. That was really cool. The best one is I think Korath when she's fighting him at the end. She hits him up in the air and then does the spin kick and oh. knocks him against the oh, wall. Oh man, when they oh, were on uh, Marvel ship, yeah, mm-hmm. Ooh, that was hot that was fire. Vicious. So I've read that some people have issues with that. Nick Fury kind of immediately just believes and takes to Captain Marvel. See, I didn't. 
like when they when he meets her at the bar mm-hmm. and she gets him to tell her like all this stuff about him so she knows he's not a scroll and then all she does is just shoot a show uh, like a photon blast he doesn't know that scrolls can't do that he yeah. has no idea mm-hmm. he just believes her at her word right i think though that they're trying to convey and like they don't do a great job of it obviously because not a lot of people well because some people aren't fully getting it that it's someone that he just in like intrinsically trusts there's just something about carol to fury that just makes him want to trust her. And honestly, vice versa. Carol trusts him. She even saves him when he kind of betrays her and he calls for well, backup. See, that's, that was a little bit him. after I was going to say, yeah, you could take that, but he also ratted her out. So maybe he's, for the first time ever, he meets a superhero. Mm-hmm. Possibly has heard of Captain America, but Captain America was like, you know, in True, the 40s was, and, he's yep, been, yep. and he's been frozen forever mm-hmm. now. So they think he's long gone. He's dead. long gone. Yeah. And all he was like super strength and stuff. Yeah. He wasn't flying. Well, she wasn't flying at this point, but yeah, shooting but, photon beams and <laughs> yeah, stuff. Freaking <laughs> insanity. Yep. Uh, and then that goes to that. People were like, oh, how could you trust him? Well, technically, he didn't trust trust her because true, he true. ratted her out when they went to go get intel. He was just trying to keep her but around. But then once he, you know, once he found out, he gets there and the uh, his leader, his boss said, thank you, Nicholas. Yeah, and he's like, everybody called Immediately me. Immediately was like, wait a minute. And then he added another line in the elevator to kind of see to, what to else he knew. Sure, he's yeah, like, oh, like we Havana, didn't. Yeah. In Havana, which he's they like, probably yes, never went to together. Back in Havana. He's like, wait a minute. Hold he's on. like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get off on five. You get off on yeah, six. Yeah, we'll <laughs> meet up there, you know. <laughs> And see, my biggest question to Mark about is if we're bringing trust and how do people know this is if the uh, his boss that he knew was that and he looked mm-hmm. at him weird, but he didn't react like Sam Jackson saw or like Fury saw him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he didn't see that. But then immediately afterwards, he's like, uh, Coulson and the other agent are walking down there and he's like, well, apparently uh, Fury's gone rogue. He's siding with her. Yep. Why would they think that? They just got called by Fury. So my guess is off screen. He was like, hey. Talos was like, yeah, Fury's bad. Yep, yeah. exactly. Took a preca- uh, cautionary measure and was like, nope. He said, yeah, Fury is working in with them. We're going to try to contain them both. Yeah, I'm sure he said something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's my guess. Another thing I really loved about this was that they show, even as Coulson in his very young rookie career, still always goes off gut instinct over everything. Mm -hmm. Because he's just got a gut feeling to let Fury and Captain Marvel go. And he lets them go. And Coulson even said, or Fury says it later in the movie. He's like, he must have went off a gut feeling, which is a very hard thing to do to like override what orders you've been given to go off your gut. And that's 100% Coulson as a character. That's she's what like, he does. if I do that, I get in trouble. <laughs> he's like, I do it all the time. He's that. like, yeah, I definitely I see it. Really thought the banter between Fury and Captain awesome. Marvel was yeah, spot was so on, good. man. Their chemistry is incredible. Fury and Carol were, yeah, they were really mm-hmm. good. Her mannerisms in this whole thing. Uh, oddly enough, reminded me of Emma Stone from La La Land. Not a lot of people work hmm. their faces much as that. In oh, like for how me, she like emotes, just how the little small right? stuff, like it's just the little details. That's what sold me. Com- like I love that's really Brie. good acting. I love Brie <laughs> Larson as an actress. Here, I think she's absolutely amazing. But I what, agree. what really sold the character was that mm-hmm. was how nuanced she was with her facial expressions. Yep. She's literally always doing something, and she's always doing something very Carol. Like no matter what's happening on screen, she's reacting to it when even when she's not speaking mm-hmm. through like her facial tics and her mannerisms, and it just screams. Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, like she embodies this character. Uh, She's the perfect person for it. And this was definitely, uh, I don't want to say a female movie, but it was very progressive in that manner of like hitting those marks. You know, similar to that of Black Panther of dealing with the African right. culture and, and stuff like Wonder like that. Woman. But the only thing I rolled my eyes at, and I'm kind of glad they added it because for some reason these men i don't you know i doubt women are the ones saying this are trying to be like you know when the trailer comes out she's not showing real emotion maybe she should smile oh i loved it dude i love are that are you line. kidding me <laughs> yeah, are when you she's... kidding that's the number one rule and don't be a sexist handbook you <laughs> yeah, don't tell like, somebody especially a woman to smile like, why don't you smile don't tell somebody to feel a certain feeling yeah. and they added that's the only thing i rolled because they had some of those jokes and those placements with the songs like i am a girl you know yeah yeah those i thought fit that one i was like okay they added it i get it. it's funny stole his bike went yeah. on like screw that guy right 
Terminator <laughs> moment there, actually, because Terminator steals clothes on a bike and leaves, ah, and she does the same nice. thing. And that name of that bar, uh, I, I don't know for sure if it's the first or one of the first female combat pilots. Ponchos, that's the last name. Really? Mm-hmm. That's dope, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was. Like, There's a lot that's of first definitely what the reference man. is. That's First awesome, female dude. composer, awesome. Mm-hmm. First this female first director. Head, first head writer for yeah. a Marvel movie? For Marvel movies. For, first female head writer for a Marvel movie. And that, then, no, head writer of any female writing thing. Oh, nice. Ever. Closest we came was Catwoman, but she was listed fourth oh, behind for three any men. Superhero movie, anything. Supergirl, nice, Wonder Woman, like nice. all those. Any, yeah. The first female head writer for that. And also uh, the first Marvel movie, I'm pretty sure they had a female director. She co-directs. Co-directs. Uh, Anna Bowden but and Ryan still head, Fleck. head director, yeah. yeah just direct- like saying that the Russo brothers, like, oh, yeah, one yeah. of them, no. Exactly. Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck are like the Russo brothers. They mm-hmm. do pretty much everything together. Mm-hmm. They make all the movies first female together. composer. And if those names aren't familiar to you, they did Half Nelson with Ryan Gosling, if you have seen or heard of that they did that movie that was like one of the most popular things that they've done nobody's seen it and moving along just <laughs> moving along <laughs> along uh i did really appreciate that they were able to convey a lot of emotion in this movie mm-hmm. dealing with like especially the scroll when you get in later and you find out talos is like i'm just trying to find like you get to the ship you don't even know what he's looking for you're like oh they want to find the the engine to be able to move light speed the technology right, yeah, need- that marvell was working on mm-hmm. uh but come to find out they get there tesseract yeah, and it's the Tesseract is and the energy the, core. Yeah, which is the dope. energy core. But he was just going there to find his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's, that's what they were. About. The refugees in there. Like, he was going there for the family. He had that nice little scene. You know, he's puts his head to his wife mm-hmm. and, like, and his kid. And his kid, which his kid, I guess, hasn't seen him in a very long yeah, time. Yeah, a he, long time. Yeah, she or he, I don't know what they didn't really specify. Yeah, they didn't specify. And he grabbed the kid, a baseball, the kid but a, woman could all, a female can also play baseball. So. Kidman have met his father. Honestly, it's a very young yep, child. It's a very young child. We looked at the mom was like, oh, snap. Yeah, do I? It's okay. I, they rub yeah. noses. That's what squirrels do. Yeah. Uh, Eskimo kisses. <laughs> Eskimo kisses. That's what we do. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I love that that was his main motivation. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, he definitely still wants the energy core so they can get away and get the light speed, but that's a secondary factor. Like, finding the family is the first thing. Well, he finally awesome. broke down when he met him in Louisiana. He's mm-hmm. like, I come to you as my normal self. Dude, like, I love that, too, when he... No more tricks. They he's kept, like, what's that? They, they several times pushed that, that Talos is not completely bad. Like, there's something about him that's just different, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that is kind of good, and it's ultimately because he's looking for his family. But yeah, I love when he comes to him in Louisiana at Maria Rambo's house. <laughs> he just shows up behind him drinking what he told me, and didn't realize, drinking the same exact kind of cup that Samuel L. Jackson drinks in Pulp Fiction, which is freaking awesome, in the same room with Sam Jackson. But then he tells her, he's like, you know, I come to you as I am. I'm not disguised as your boss anymore. I'm not disguised as anybody. I come to you like bare as I am. But outside is another... <laughs> scroll impersonating Maria <laughs> that has her daughter Monica like distracted and Carol's like what about your guy outside and he's like that's a fair point that's a fair point Monica you mean photon yeah photon oh photon yeah so I'm assuming since we already know that Captain Marvel 2 will be based in current time that we are going to get Monica Rambeau who is Maria's daughter as a superhero most likely as photon which is dope because that's what she's in the comics mm-hmm. and I really hope somehow that this can lead to Rogue being introduced and we can get a proper Rogue not that Anna Paquin's Rogue was bad she was good but she wasn't like it traditional rogue. rogue yeah she could absorb powers but she couldn't fly she had a super strength she wasn't like the Southern well, she didn't Belle absorb witty Captain person. Marvel though but the end credit scene bro Completely sets up. Okay, so this is the first end credit scene I've ever seen in a comic book movie where I didn't feel like it was an end credit scene. It felt like it was an actual scene they just pulled from Endgame and, and put here. Like, yep, all right, this similar. has to do with Captain Marvel. Let's put it here. Same thing with at the end of uh, Doctor Strange. What was that one? I don't remember now. They showed him in Thor, and that was from Ragnarok. You're right. Yeah, straight, okay, so up, I guess straight up pulled from this Ragnarok. This would be the second time. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's what I've been under the impression now ever since the first time I saw that end credit scene. Like, oh, that's probably a scene just taken straight out of Endgame that mm-hmm. has Captain Marvel in it. Which is awesome is it brings back the pager, Captain America, Black <laughs> Widow, and uh, War Machine. And Bruce. 
Oh, and Bruce, Bruce yeah, and Bruce Banner are all standing around, and like, uh, Rhodey comes in, and he's like, hey, that little uh, pager device we have just stopped blinking. <laughs> like, it, it stopped doing whatever it was doing. Like, Leo's like, well, turn it back on. I need to find out who's on the other side. Yeah, yeah, on, on <laughs> I mean, the other she side. Said it like who's on the other side, and then yeah. turns around, and then bam, here's Carol. And he's like, "Where's Fury?" So yeah, I think this movie definitely confirmed my suspicion this whole time that Carol is either going to straight up just defeat Thanos, like in the final battle, she's the one that will defeat him, or she is a hundred percent going to be the complete catalyst for how they defeat him. I still think it's a very good chance that Iron Man himself is the one that actually takes Thanos down, but it's going to be because of something Carol shows him or helps him yep. do. Unnecessary outrage, but I do get why they would add a character and then oh, she's the reason that he was. I think she'll be the cat. I don't yeah. think she's going to be she's like, oh, it's Carol thing. Danvers, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. She'll be the catalyst, and she's also definitely the next uh, leader of the of the Avengers, mm-hmm. which I like in this movie how her and Fury have such great banter, and Fury like really seems to trust her. She's the one in the comics that is largely Captain America and Nick Fury's relationship. They have very good banter, and they both trust each other, but they also don't trust each other, because in the comics, Fury just always has a million secrets, and Cap hates that, but above everyone... Captain America is the one that Fury is like, he will get the job done. And it seems like in the, in the MCU, it's going to be like, Carol's going to be the one that Fury is like, she'll get the job done. And that also hints that Captain America is going to die. Yep, and I, when that happens, so. she's going to take the mantle Captain Marvel. Oh, That's not said. Taking my line, huh? I had to. I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna go there. Also, yeah. a question. She's never called not Captain Marvel in the movie, so I definitely think that Captain America until is the die. credits, until it says yeah, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel is the only yeah. time that is mentioned in there. They, they never call her that. They call her Carol, and they call her um Vers. She's they, gonna don the captain. She's gonna become captain. She yeah. is a captain because when Fury is looking to rename, when he's making the um protector, initiative. the protector initiative, which he renames the Avenger initiative, is because he sees a picture Captain that's Captain Carol Avenger Danvers. Also, like that, it says Phase One. And if you read what it's saying, it's talking about a group of heroes forming to stop a threat to Earth, which is the first Avengers movie. And people were like, oh, why isn't she brought in for those? Well, that's what he made the Avengers for. Yeah, Fury They stopped it. The oh, okay, so we have no it. worry. Well, what was she mm-hmm. for Thanos? Well, they still thought that they, they could, could take stop. him. Yep. And then the end of Infinity War, it's like, oh, snap, we can't take yeah, him. We need her. And she straight tells him, too, like, uh, he's like, what, do you think I'm going to crank call you? And she was like, for emergencies, emergencies only. Let's go ahead and uh, cut to some sponsors. We are sponsored by Epicos Comics Cards and Games that started on the show last week with an awesome partnership going on with them now. So check it out. Omega Level Podcast is proudly sponsored by Epicos Comics Cards Games. Epicos is your one-stop shop for all your comic book, tabletop, and card gaming needs. Featuring collectibles, statues, artwork, highly graded comics, video games, a separate game room, and even a tabletop game rental service, Epicos has it all. Every week, Epicos is stocked with the newest comic book releases, variant covers, and the capability to order what you need. So start a poll list and never miss an issue. Epicos has two locations, Chattanooga and Hickson. So come on by and find what you're looking for. Heroes in Crisis. This one went back to being like, uh, not went back to being, this one was a flashback uh, issue again. It's kind of like a, a pause in the story. Like, there's not really much progress that's made until, like, at the very end of, like, the overall story. Mm-hmm. But it gives you a lot of information into, like, why characters are acting the way they're acting, right? So this follows Harley, Wally West, and Narc, who has, been in it, has not been in it until now. And I've never heard of that character before, but I did think the way that, like, he was using this issue was, like, very beautiful. Especially the artwork. Like, the artwork was killing it for, like, the old... Uh, Pre-historic old days, times and yeah. stuff, man, that was so cool looking. I liked that. He called it his old days. You know, mm-hmm. it's his old life where he was just a uh, 
normal Neanderthal. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just killing things. You know, you either kill to eat or get killed, and that person eats. Yeah. You know, uh, or that animal eats. Yeah, or that animal yeah. eats because you know he fought a saber tooth because he's a man. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and of course, he's just straight nude on a woolly mammoth the whole time. Man, uh, I thought that was actually a really cool shot. It pans out and it gives him a couple uh, dialogue bubbles or text bubbles, and then he's on a gigantic mammoth, which is his pet, yeah. which is his friend, yeah. I guess. It's like his, it, it's it like, listens to him. It's like his dog almost. That's that was really they had cool. a later shot of him like leaning up doing the whole like head to head thing and mm-hmm. like it obeyed it like kind of yeah. bowed down and sat you know it's cool that, that was, was really awesome. cool what better pet slash friend to have than a woolly mammoth like that's freaking awesome awesome i want that yeah <laughs> I, want his, I want his neck was there a neck on nark <laughs> yeah no I kidding do. i don't think so <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> she's just been called the no neck man no, neck, no man neck man and if you break it down that's actually what narc means <laughs> That's exactly what they were going with. That. I can't believe you caught that, man. That's incredible. You know, some that's people got to think above. The depth that you're able to see in this Woo. issue is just, it is mind blurring. That's what Jersh do. <laughs> that's what Jersh do. That's why he's Jersh nemesis. Josh nemesis, what's mm-hmm. up? Yeah, got him. Uh, but I did enjoy that, the insight that they gave us on those three people. And uh, branching off from uh, issue five into six, they was already kind of giving us a little bit more of the current story and telling us about Harley. So coming into this, mm-hmm. when they give that flashback of what was worth her and Ivy, because in like the earlier issues, they only show they already show us that Ivy's dead. Yeah, right. So yeah. in this one, they kind of give us those little sprinkles mm-hmm. of the really sentiment, uh, sentimental moments between Harley and Ivy. Which, I mean, me being a Harley super fan over here, I freaking loved it. And the cover was awesome, too. Mm-hmm. I like the cover of Harley just laying there with the, the gold the mask. mask. Yep. And when you first see her in the issue, she's just bored. Like, that's just what she's complaining about. I'm bored. <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> it's not Poison Ivy's job to remedy that boredom. Okay? <laughs> yeah, no. That's not her job. I thought, like, from the issue first starts, it starts off with that, and I didn't realize, obviously, how am I supposed to know that it's a flashback issue. Mm-hmm. When they first show Ivy, like, she's getting up and turning to walk away, and I thought it was supposed to be Batgirl, and I was like, Man, that's my when thought. did she get red hair? What's going on here? And then I was like, oh, it's it's Ivy, so they're obviously doing a flashback because she's dead now. I was like, okay, now I get it. Yeah, that, like, for us, like, a page had me confused. Well, like, issue five, she, she, was, hair? she was running with Barbara Gordon. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I was like, well, why, why is Bab's hair red all of a sudden? That's like, a, what's going on? She just died in between issues and just things didn't happen. tell anyone. Things happen. Yeah, things happen. Yeah. Obviously, I love like the whole Harley and uh, Ivy aspect of it. I like that this issue is Harley and Ivy's last like moments mm. together. That's really what it's leading up to. Like everyone, all three of the main people that this issue follows, like it's following a certain specific point and or reason in their life. Like for Narc, it's his entire existence now is just trying to come to terms with being a man out of time, like a person displaced. And he misses his old days because of the simplicity, but he also likes the complexity of the new days. Mm-hmm. Like how he says of the current times, like he wouldn't know Keats and poetry and art if he was still in his time. But in his time, it was much more simple. Like it was eat or be eaten. And that's all you had to worry about. In his old days, he even mentioned, he said, I always thought of death. And in the new yeah, days, all the time. he thinks of life. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you never know in the old days. Like it was showing all those panels of him fighting a saber tooth mm-hmm. and then him <laughs> fighting awesome. another caveman yeah. because they were either, hey, there's something I killed. I want to eat that. But he's going to kill me because he wants to eat exactly. that. Exactly. In the art style for Narcs, I did really enjoy. I thought mm-hmm. that the style that they've been going with most of Heroes in Crisis uh, and you told me off screen how the panels that were they're doing the uh, confessionals, the confessionals mm-hmm. were the same artists, and you can see how pristine yep. those are, and how they always stay the same. They're exactly. not like there's not that big change mm-hmm. like most comics have from some issue to issue, especially in the JLO series. Exactly. That we oh read. yeah, for sure. That yeah. one has an Odyssey. An Odyssey. Mm-hmm. That's why I said JLO. How about yeah. you just stop doing this? <laughs> Jeez. It's called shorthand. Sorry, Jeff. I like that show in Narc. I'm not, I mean, I don't care about Narc. That's not Dude, a character. I've never heard of him until this issue. I knew there was a caveman in this. I didn't realize it was Narc and that we were going to get that. <laughs> right. Heroes and that we're crisis. actually going to follow him. Like, that's okay. We're getting that now. Yeah. Uh, did think that was cool. And then Wally's, man. Dude, Wally's was mm. super depressing. Mm. My Lanta. I love that it's a, a huge callback to Rebirth. 
like the entirety of Rebirth, right? So for people that don't necessarily know, the entire kicking off point of Rebirth, of the whole new relaunching of DC they did um, recently, you know, like 50-something issues ago, was that Wally West shows up out of nowhere. He like breaks the speed force and he shows up, approaches... Um, Flash. Yeah, Barry Allen. Thank you. Yeah, I was yeah. like, somebody. He shows up and approaches Barry Allen. Nice embrace. Yeah, and it's like, how the heck is this even possible? What are you doing here? We like broke away from his timeline and came to this one. And he lets all the heroes, or not lets, he like helps them all remember the past like seven to ten years that they've all forgotten, which was the new 52. It's like DC's way of like keeping all that stuff canon, but also kind of wiping it out at the same time mm -hmm. because it wasn't like overall wasn't very well received. So Wally is everyone's hope now. It's like, oh my God, Wally's back. And like they're remembering all these different things about their lives and their past and each other now. But Wally is also a man displaced. He comes to this reality where his wife, Iris, doesn't know who he is and he has no children. So he's literally alone. But everyone around him is happy and filled with hope and he is giving them that hope. Like, man, that is like, gives me chills thinking about that. That is rough, dude. Yeah. That's a terrible, terrible position to be in. And then when he's in the uh, sanctuary and mm -hmm. they have these going through these memories that help them cope with their, you know, deep things of their scars, like right. Superman said in issue five, their mm -hmm. scars that they have to, they're, you know, just because they're viewed as gods or these superheroes, they have emotional baggage. Most they're of not them are immune still, to that. Most of them are humans with That's abilities. Like, you know, they're still human people. Exactly. Like on a, on a physical prowess, yeah, they're beyond any human recognition. Like no one can understand that. They're just greater. Mm -hmm. But on a mental capacity, I mean, they're not. Not everyone's a superhuman genius yeah. that, that can just handle all these depressing mm -hmm. things and dealing with death. It's just not something that they can do, too. And that's something that you touched on earlier is that this is new. You don't see this in comic books that often. Yeah, and I love it. It's really oh. deep, and that's awesome that they're jumping into something like this. I, was, I said to him earlier, I think yesterday, that if this uh, series ends strong and like maintains like the peak pretty much that it's mm -hmm. been on throughout almost the whole series, this is definitely going to be one of my favorite comic arc stories like I've, I've ever read before in my life, just because of how different it is in a sense that it's, re it's actually approaching what it's like for these heroes and their psyche and like mentally what it does to them. Yeah. And, and you just don't get that. You know what I mean? Like you it's, really it's so cool. I love seeing it. And the, the and the characters they yeah, I'm talking. The characters they I'm just moving. I'm just moving. I'm just <laughs> and moving. And the characters they, they choose to deal with in this aspect, I love how it's spotlighting all of these unique, odd, small characters all the time while keeping the main people at the forefront. So you actually get to see into like Batman and Superman and Harley and Poison Ivy and like what the Flash is and like all their psyches and stuff. But you also get these other minor characters. Just like it's including everybody. Like I love that about this series. I mean, Gunfire. <laughs> I mean, Nick Gunfire. Come I mean, on, Gunfire. I mean, come on. I mean, we have a person in here called Tattooed Man. <laughs> They're bringing everybody out. There's been multiple characters that I have just never heard of before. I'm like, okay, that's the thing. Well, you're fat. Uh, that cause, that's pretty <laughs> much it for Let's Talk Comics. Uh <laughs> and jumping back to Harley and Ivy for a second, because that's what I do. I love that they're, well, not love, like I love and don't love, that the entire point of their interaction is just to so like just to show their last moment together as them in the like the hologram room or whatever and uh and her therapy is yeah, it's, just and Harley, it's, it's messed Harley up therapy. but funny it, yeah it's messed up but funny her therapy is just killing the joker over and over and over again to get over him and then when ivy is like joining in and helping her Harley's just falling on the ground laughing Dude, like she's dying. having a great time yeah. <laughs> and then ivy says like well i think this one's done like this we ruined this version let's get another one and every time joker pops up he just has an awful joke yeah. Like, it's just a terrible pun. And Poison asked for that. She said, yeah. make this one a little more cheesy. Yeah, you know, little more each like, one, I want a little, a little more, more cringy. <laughs> yeah. But their last moments are, like, just them talking to each other. And uh, I love that when they're having their conversation, there's, like, an awesome panel that is a little confusing to me. It was to me anyways, honestly. It's just the two of them and a whole bunch of word bubbles going around. But as it was going around, I got, like, I lost track of who was saying what. Mm -hmm. But as I kept reading on, like, I, I was decently well able to pick back up who's supposed to be who. But it's both of them pretty much just saying that they're crazy and they rely on each other and they like need each other like they've formed this special bond together you know and then their last words to each other 
like Harley or IB tells Harley, like, wait here, I'll check this out because there's like an alarm going off mm-hmm. saying emergency, everyone needs to like vacate. And she's like, you just wait here because she's not supposed to be there and no one knows she's there. Like, it'd be easier if you just wait here and I'll come back. And if I don't come back, I guess come look for me. And then she's like, I love you. And Harley's like, I love you. Like, their last words to each other are, I love you. Whether this series is taking them in their platonic route or if it's taking like the little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, they're in a relationship. Either way, their last words as friends or as girlfriends is, I love you. Like, that was just beautiful to me. That, I that mean, was like I don't the last know. thing to say to each other. I don't know if it's strictly platonic. She's literally like, I'm going to be right back. I love you. Like, they have to say it to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't say it's platonic it because in the first time they show her. Poison Ivy's getting out of the bed. True, true. I mean, she could have just been naked, true. sure, but... It's just how DC does this, and it kind of annoys <laughs> me. It's always just these little hints and nudges, and you'll see clear things like that, but then it's just not acknowledging I mean, the issue. I they were holding hands, had such a deep talk during the I mean, text bubble, and they love you. I just... I'd but be Harley shocked. was also just mad flirtatious with everybody, too. But Ivy is the one, she's like, you know, that she says she loves, calls her pretty girl. She's got like a million nicknames for Ivy. Love you, hon. She leaves or whatever, and it's so like Harley goes out to look for her, and she sees Booster Gold, who is standing right by Wally West's dead body. And Arsenal, too, right? Because that's when he finds, uh, Wally finds Arsenal. And this heavily implicates Booster because in the panel, you see Wally with Arsenal and then a zap blast come from Booster. Yep. Shows Booster, shows Wally being electrocuted. Yeah. So Booster zapped and shot Wally at the very least. This is what it's leading us to believe. However, this series is very much so leading you in directions and then taking you other places. But he's like all the time. That's why I don't want to think that it's him because from issue one, he's been the the number one prime suspect. Yeah, like Booster Gold, and then they incorporated Harley because, because she's I mean, Harley. It's, yeah, it's Harley. Because yeah. Batman's there and it's Harley. I also like uh, multiple times throughout this series and in this one too. They keep referring to Batman as the the Trinity. Yeah, the Trinity. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Like everyone calls them that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Just everybody knows they're the Trinity. And I really enjoy these confessionals that they when they start wrapping them up. And this one, each one, it seems like the issues and they have a theme for each one. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it is how many have you saved? You know, is this yeah. about mm-hmm. counting? Some of them say no, it's not about counting. Only Solstice gave an exact number. <laughs> she just knew four hundred and seventy-two. <laughs> boom, the only one. She keeps count. She keeps count. I wasn't here for when we talked about the last issue, but uh, yeah, that was great, man. Yeah, I want to know if they bring up Solstice exploding and during the interview. Right, right, yeah. I don't, was that I don't anything? Know. Is Sanctuary that safe? <laughs> yeah, when I don't know. Like, okay. Because she's like, there, I did it. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, uh, no one's going to die here? What's, what's going on, right? That's going to be lame if that's like the, that's what it is. If so she's what we killed everybody in an accident, that'd be so annoyed. Not if she, not if they can write her well. But true, I could true. See, that would be kind of a cop out. Like, oh, okay, whatever. But yeah, this is further implicating Booster, and it's just, man, to me, he's just too obvious. I Although, agree. I do like the fact that if it's Booster, it's booster like of all people booster gold murdered all these people that's nuts and if that's nuts. the case you know ted blue beetle is going to assist him i mean they, exactly. in dude, issue yeah. five they bring up the whole bromance dude mm-hmm. like dude dude <laughs> yeah like, that was awesome i, I, love God, I wish it was hobby but i get it for yeah. for being friends with booster ted was you know, yeah ted's all right. kid, hobby's so. way better but yep. yeah oh, ted's cool. love hobby and as we wrap up this issue it closed out uh and i've I'm trying to think of the past few. I believe at least four of the six issues we've read ended with a confession, correct? Or yeah. have they all ended with confessions? I know the majority have, if not all of them. If not, have. Yeah. but at least back-to-back ones. And I'm really glad that this one didn't end on such a dark note like issue five with Harley just... <laughs> just uh, talking about domestic, domestic abuse. Domestic abuse. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> like, the Joker as a villain, awesome. But man, I hate I hate that tie dude, I'm not going to go on a rant or ooh, anything. They made but, him such a piece of garbage, dude. Like, he is a piece of garbage. He's not supposed to be likable, dude. He's not. He's an awful person. But then, but with the way that they treat the Harley and Joker relationship, it just makes it even more apparent. Like, there is literally nothing to like or redeemable about that character. Absolutely. He's not. just 
overall a piece of trash that's all about chaos and inflicting pain on others, no matter who they are. Mm -hmm. Just, man, even the one that he supposedly loves, he, he beats her. Yeah, so people that say that that's their favorite character, looking at you, Austin. Relationship goals, am I right? Everybody wants that mad love. He Harley's does. Joker love, that is, I don't understand it. It's awful. It why is awful. You, why would you want that? Absolutely. I don't know. You're crazy. Why would you want that? It's like Twilight all over again. Why would Ivy you want Quinn that? for life. <laughs> Obviously, dude. Obviously. But Ivy strong Quinn. issue overall. I mean, I really Very enjoyed so. it. Definitely gave us insight on those three people mm -hmm. and kind of gave us a glimpse at possibly who the villain is, but mm -hmm. I still, everything's kind of up in the air with oh, this. Oh, absolutely, dude. There's so much misdirection in this series so mm -hmm. far. It's like, it is, you don't know. Absolutely. But I do like that where, uh, how they're winding it down. These next three issues are probably going to be just freaking insane. Mm -hmm. Like, it's got to move. Decently quickly now, I would imagine, with three issues left to wrap all this up. You know what I mean? Yep. Trinity's going to be more involved, especially after the big Superman speech after issue five. That speech was so good, dude. That's how you use Superman. Oh, they had my favorite panel. That's how you use him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you told me that your favorite panel was the... four Adams, Swamp Thing, Zatanna, and then Aquaman spreading the sea like Moses. Woo! Aquamans. Which, bringing up Moses, I'm going to do this for a comic book, is also who I thought Caesar from Planet of the Apes represent. Oh, my God. Oh, we calling him out of everything. We calling him out and everything. As always, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, what'd you think of Captain Marvel? Have you seen it? How amazing is it? Also, we didn't mention $455 million global gross opening weekend. The sixth highest opening of any kind of movie of all time. The second best MCU global opening of all time. The number one global opening for a female-driven film of all all time period technically you could say the force awakens is because daisy ridley is like the lead but there's really multiple leads of that movie and mm -hmm. in captain marvel there is one lead and it is captain marvel yep so yeah this movie is smashing it's crushing it what would it be in your rankings for uh, marvel movies it's my number five i was it actually infinity I think war it strange for me really yeah, it's, it's infinity war age of ultron winter soldier ragnarok captain marvel so it'll be my number six in about a month because i'm sure in game's <laughs> yeah. gonna be my number one or two <laughs> Same, same. Let us know what you thought about What do you think of Heroes in Crisis? That is about to ramp up and get pretty insane the last couple issues left. Wheel, wheel. So let us know uh, on the comments on our YouTube page. And we appreciate you checking us out, however you're checking us out. And uh, yeah, no one likes you. Lurk, Kerman, Skirb. Make sure you follow us on all of our social medias. We are on Facebook as Omega Level Podcast. We're on Instagram as Omega underscore level underscore podcast, all lowercase. We are on Twitter as at Omega Level PCast. That's the letter P. We are on the Anchor app as Omega Level, and we are on YouTube as Omega Level Podcast. Make sure you hit them all up, and, you know, don't be stupid. Like our stuff. Mm -hmm.